Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Solutions Watch. I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you in October of 2021. And you'll remember that last week on the D program, we were talking about picnic protests sweeping the world, which is actually even more apt than I knew at the time that I was recording that edition of Solutions Watch, because as I did not know at that time, but learned shortly thereafter, such picnic protests are in fact taking place in my home city of Calgary, Alberta, Canada where uh, people have been out on the streets protesting the various uh, vaccine health passport mandates at various restaurants and bars by picnicking out on the streets. Yay, excellent. So as we examined last week, this is a phenomenon that's happening more and more as people start to understand the very precarious situation that we are careening towards as we steep ourselves in this great reset that uh, unfortunately the World Economic Forum and others are trying to set for us. And it is no surprise, I think, that a lot of this keeps coming back and circling around the issue of food. As I noted last week, as Ernest Hancock often says on uh, Declare Your Independence, it's a food thing, or it will become a food thing. And I think my listeners and viewers, my people who have followed the Corbett Report, will be particularly well-situated to understand that from my previous work over the years on the big food supply questions. Of course, the GMO question and the synthetic meat product substitute question and other such things that are swirling around when we look at the bigger industrial scale of this and the people like the Gates and the Monsanto slash buyers and companies like that that have been involved in that agenda for a very long time. That is all important background information. More specifically, you might look at an editorial that I wrote way back in May of 2020 near nearer, nearer the beginning of this scamdemic where I was writing about Up Next the collapse of the food supply chain. And this is, again, an issue that will be familiar to people following the independent media, like Ice Age Farmer, for example, who we talked to, Christian Westbrook, back on Solutions Watch in June of this year, where we had a Solutions Watch on Ice Age Farming, where we discussed the problems, the various attacks that are happening on the global food supply and the uh, food supply chain right now. Um, for, from all sorts of different angles, including ones you wouldn't expect. The cyber pandemic is, of course, targeting JBS, a World Economic Forum partner, and other such um, meat packers and things like that. So all of these agendas seem to be coalescing, but they all seem to be coalescing around food. So we were talking to Christian Westbrook earlier this year about Ice Age farming, about more sustainable and becoming more self-sufficient when it comes to um, growing some of our own food. And we're going to have to talk, tackle similar topics again today because it continues to be an ever-present agenda item that's always floating just beneath the surface. As you might have seen Yahoo News um, just this past, uh, past couple of days, as drought worsens, California farmers are being paid not to grow crops. Um, green fields of alfalfa and cotton rolled past as Brad Robinson drove through the desert valley where his family has farmed with water from the Colorado River for three generations. Stopping the truck, he stepped onto a dry brown field where shriveled remnants of alfalfa crunched under his boots. So oh, what a brilliantly vivid portrayal. Who's writing this wonder? Ian James. What a What a wonderful writer this must be. The water has been temporarily shut off on a portion of Robinson's land. In exchange, he's receiving $909 this year for each acre of farmland left dry and unplanted. The water is instead staying in Lake Mead near Las Vegas to help slow the unrelenting decline of the largest reservoir in the country. So we're starting to see this in place after place. 
And not just because of droughts, for various reasons, as I'm sure you have had cause to witness in previous years, but especially in the past year, farmers are being encouraged not to grow food, which is contributing to severe shortages that we're seeing in all sorts of sectors in the food industry. So there are some severe shortages looming on the horizon, as I was covering with James M. Pilato in New World next week, just a few weeks ago. So what are the solutions to this? If this is happening at this sort of mass industrial level and there's all of these large-scale farmers that are literally being paid by the government not to grow food, what can we do to help ensure our own food supply, at the very least for our own families? How can we combat this agenda? It does seem overwhelming, but as I've noted in the past, I think some of the most overwhelming problems, we tend to overlook the simplest solutions because that's too simple. How could that possibly work? And on that very note, I received an email a few months back from a listener named Andre who had an interesting tip about something that I hadn't heard of until he brought it to my attention, so I'm glad he wrote in. He wrote, If you have not come across them already, I would like to tell you about Rico Rings. This is a model developed by Scandinavian farmer Thomas Snellman that allows consumers to connect with and source food directly from the farmers that produce it. Each week, a group of farmers post what they have available on a private Facebook group. Then consumers can comment on the post to order what they want. All the farmers and consumers meet at the same place and time to deliver and collect orders. By having everything pre-sold, it gets around municipal trading regulations as there are no sales at the collection point. The farmer's market basically happens on the Facebook group and the farmers only have to deliver what was ordered. This also eliminates a lot of unnecessary harvesting of produce that may or may not get sold at a conventional farmer's market. The collection delivery lasts for about 30 to 45 minutes and so the whole process is very efficient and convenient. We have started two Rico rings in our local towns here in South Africa and they are grow growing from strength to strength. We average about 2,000 active members across both. Rico rings are now popping up all over the world. Thank you for bringing that to my attention, Andre. And uh, yes, Rico rings, or Reiko rings, depending on your pronunciation, uh, are new to me. Um, but apparently they do source from this Thomas Snellman, who developed them several years ago. And apparently Rico, Reiko, is in Swedish and Finnish and various Scandinavian, Scandinavian languages, is short for fair consumption. So that's the idea around this. And I, I was searching for information, uh, interviews, videos that kind of explain this idea that uh, would give you a handle on it. But there's really nothing that does a better job than what Andre just summarized for you there, because there's really not much more to it. That is the idea. <laughs> so I will, of course, throw in Thomas Snellman's um, actual page uh, in the show notes. If you happen to be a... <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb. Swedish speaker? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, someone can, I'm sure, inform me whether this is Swedish or Finnish. Anyway, <laughs> you can go and read his page if you are uh, able to. Um, or I'll, I'll throw in an English resource for the English speakers out there uh, from Swellingham Farm. Uh, sorry, Swefflingham, Swefflinghallfarm.com. I'll get that right eventually. Don't worry, the link will be in the show notes so you don't have to um, guess at the spelling of that. Um, they have a little thing here. What is a RICO ring? RICO stands for Fair Consumption and is a trade model developed in 2013 in Finland to connect local consumers and local producers. Think of it like a weekly veg box meets farmer's market, cutting out the middleman and the guesswork for both the consumer and the producer, so everyone's a winner. Uh, you are helping uh, support sustainable, locally produced uh, sourced produce, 
providing an ethical way to do your weekly shop, minimize waste, and reduce carbon footprints. Oh, good. Yay. Okay. Well, everyone can get involved, no matter what you think about the climate hoax. If you're a believer, hey, it's good for carbon footprints or something. Um, how does a RICO work? There are a few Suffolk RICO ring groups. Each one has a different collection point, which will be held at a regular time and day each week for 30 minutes. Producers post what they have for sale that week in their local RICO Facebook group. The, cons- the customer then orders by leaving a comment on the post after the collection day all the posts are deleted and the cycle repeats again and there's some links here for you if you are interested in joining those particular groups if that happens to be where you are living if it is not don't worry there is likely something like this somewhere in your vicinity and i'm sure i can entrust you to search that for yourself um type you might want to start by typing in rico ring and your local town municipality city or wherever you happen to be living and i'm sure you'll be able to find something along those lines and if not Maybe it's an opportunity. Now, um, again, it's a very simple idea. Now, the obvious thing that I think people in my audience would probably say, Facebook? (laughs) Yes, of course, Facebook. So relying on the Facebook infrastructure to facilitate these transactions is not ideal for obvious reasons to those who understand big tech and its role in being the middleman and gatekeeper in all aspects of our life. We do not want to give and empower Facebook any more than we have to. But I think the underlying point of Rico Rings first is extractable from the particular infrastructure deployment on Facebook. You can do this in a lot of other ways, any other way, really. You could use a community bulletin board if such a thing exists, but probably wouldn't be as popular or as easy or as convenient. And I think that's the underlying principle. I have listened to some interviews with Thomas Snellman, and that's one of the things that keeps getting stressed. It's about being as simple as possible and using Facebook because most people are on Facebook and most people know how to use it. That, I think, was the point behind it, is that no one has to adopt anything. No one has to sign up for anything. There's no membership fees. You don't have to sign any blood oaths. You don't have to commit to buying anything. There's absolutely no commitments. Producers post. Customers say, okay, I'll order this. And then it happens. And it's again, it's so simple, but it is not a farmer's market. It is not a co-op. It is not a veg box or other sorts of ideas you may have heard of in the past. This is such a simple idea that almost anyone could immediately start becoming a producer. If you have anything growing that you were able to sell, you could make the post and say, hey, I've got this and you could get some customers. And then the exchange happens and you all you have to do is drop it off at the appointed time and place. And a lot of Rico Rings will use public parking lots. So there's really no overhead, no infrastructure, no, no signing of any sort of things or permits from the city or anything like that. It's just a drop off and collection. It's, it's takeaway, but it facilitates that transition transaction. And a lot of farmers that I have seen online are saying this is the most incredibly efficient way they have ever had to sell their products. It's so much better than having to go to a farmer's market, harvesting a bunch of stuff that may get sold if you're lucky, but a lot of it'll get get spoiled or have to be given away. So this is a good way of supporting local agriculture. Um, and it is taking off in, for example, in the Nordic countries, it certainly has spread. And I will put this Rico Nordics Google map, again, Google. <laughs> but anyway, if you are interested in looking through this and they have uh, um, information here about the various particular rings that exist in various localities. So you, if you happen to live in this area, you can d- drill, drill down on your town in Norway or what have you and see about the local ring. 
or you can, as I say, start your own. I, I, again, there's probably one that exists somewhere near you. This is just a map uh, in the Nordic countries, just to give you a sense of how widespread this is and how much it has caught on in just the few years that it has been operational. Now, hundreds and hundreds springing up all over the place because it is such a simple, such an effective idea. Um, but that's just one idea. And as I say, tailor it to your own needs. Um, eliminate Facebook if you can. If there is some better way to connect with lots of people in your area easily and quickly that you don't have to spend all sorts of time and people don't have to sign up and download special apps and what have you, the simpler, the easier it is, the more, uh, the more popular and successful it will be, I think is the general principle. But any way that you want to set it up, there is no membership. There's no organization. This isn't a franchise. You don't have to ask permission. Just set it up or or join whatever is in your area that you think corresponds to what you like and the way that you want to see that functioning. Um, there are, of course, lots of other ideas along these lines. Um, as I say, Rico Rings are not farm shares. They are not co-ops. They are not farmers markets, but those things exist too. And again, likely exist in your area. So for people who are not familiar with the farm share idea, I will just throw in this random post that I saw that explains it. I don't know anything about this organization, but Eco City Farms has this post up on what is a farm share. Farm shares, also called Community Supported Agriculture Programs, or CSAs, have become popular across the country as a way to get fresh, healthy food and support local farmers and food systems. Farm share programs provide a direct link between local farmers and consumers by allowing members to purchase a share of far farmer's crop before it is grown each season. This provides the farmer the upfront cash needed for seed, equipment, and other expenses to farm throughout the season so they are less reliant on bank loans. Each week during the season, the farm farmer delivers a share of great-tasting, healthful food to predetermined locations where members pick it up. In some instances, members pick up the share directly from the farm. So, I, again, it's not a complicated idea. I'm sure you understand it. You pre-commit to buying some portion of the produce that a farmer is growing, and then there will be... It, generally, they'll set it up so that there's some sort of box of things that are ready for you. It might be that type of subscription system every every week or every few weeks or every month or whatever it is. Here it is. Here's the produce for this month. Whatever, however that works. Again, you'll have to sort it out and find out what is in your local area. But that's part of what this is about, is finding out what is in your local area and discovering and making those connections. Because as this as we go further and further into this Great Reset, people are understanding more and more it really is about community. It really is about making connections with people in your actual, real meat space, as opposed to the online environment. The people who are literally going to be around you when the doo-doo hits the oscillator, these are the people that you're going to have to try to find your way forward with, and increasingly so as the vaccine mandates and whatever come in. And suddenly going out to eat at a restaurant isn't quite so easy or convenient anymore. Well, you can do the picnic protests, but more to the point, on a sustainable level, how is this going to go out forward from here as the bars on this virtual prison start to close? You're going to have to start to know the local producers in your area. So this is a good way to start finding that. So finding if there are farm shares of various sorts in your area might be a good start. And I have an example for you from a blast from the past, from episode 275 of the Corporate Report podcast way back in July of 2013. You may or may not recall that at that time, I, in that episode, I talked to James Evan Pilato and his then-girlfriend, now-wife, Cassie Cohn, about their participation in a farm share of sorts at that time. It was a goat share, actually. And uh, if you don't remember that conversation, here's a little snippet of it. 
Well, you guys also do some interesting things. Tell us about the goat chair. (laughs) (laughs) See, we even lit up with excitement, even when you say that, because it was so much fun. Uh, Some friends of ours that Cassie knew and worked with, and this was actually a guy who got to the point where he quit that day job now. And Yeah, they um, they basically have a, an urban farm called Sewing Circle Farm. And they have three pygmy goats and now two sheep, um, several ducks, mm-hmm. two cats. They're all very fun to visit. Of course, uh, we go for the goats. But they, mm-hmm. um, they set up a system where uh, there's two milking shifts a day uh, through the milking season. And it's 8 a.m., 8 a.m., and it's you pay two dollars a shift, and you sign up, and you have your you get all your milk. We got in one evening shift, we got enough milk almost for a week. That would last me through the week, yeah. and even though it maybe wasn't quite enough or what I was used to, it made me ration it a little more. And I think also just in my own general trying to become more healthy. When I quit smoking cigarettes, which I think is worth noting right here, the coming up Monday will be my one year mark, July 15th, um, I started drinking less coffee. So I've used less milk in that coffee. So, I, you know, I basically made the decisions like, this is your milk for the week. It was great for our budget. It gave us, because at first it took us about two hours and then we got down to about an hour. It can take a while to learn to milk. Uh, but it gave us time with the animals. It gave us time outside and kind of a quiet, because we're in the, an apartment that's pretty urban and kind of loud and trafficy. Um, so just, I found, I think we both found just having that quiet time a week spent with other animals just brought us a real feeling of peace. Mm-hmm. And then every time we drink the milk, we think of our goat friends and, you know. Um, it went on, it, it, essentially it went on to a point to where the owners kind of said, we have to, the, the goats need a break, basically. I was sad to see it stop and I'm really excited and hoping that they'll start another, another season. Uh, were we ever so young? Um, but yes, that video is obviously several years old now, so any of the specific details on that are out of date. I mean, for one, James and Cassie do not live in Portland anymore. They're over in Santa Fe, so obviously things are different, but it gives you an idea of what is possible and what may exist in your area without you even knowing about it. And I think, again, that's part of the process of dealing in whatever way we can with this new world order that's coming into view, you're going to have to know what is in your area and how to access it. So, well, do you need some help with that? Here's a handy-dandy site that might be of service to you. It's called ripenear.me, and it's a pretty simple idea. Um, Essentially, if you go to the About page, you can find some information. Ripenear is a small startup with an ambitious goal. In winter of 2012, the founders noticed so many citrus trees scattered about the suburbs full of fruit that nobody was eating. And yet local stores were selling plenty of them, even though they they were imported. It just didn't make sense. So an idea was born. Why not have a site that allows foodies to connect with growers? Wouldn't it be cool if we could all get our fresh food from the local neighborhood? And so we started our quests. Now, again, it's a pretty simple idea. And in this case, you can either, as a producer, if you have something for sale, obviously you can list it through here. Or um, if you even know of 
for example, citrus trees or anything that is growing on publicly available, publicly accessible lands, obviously not, not trespassing here, but if there's something that's publicly available that you know flowers at a certain time and, hey, there's, there's lots of fruit there, but nobody's eating it, you can list it here and other people can find it. So let's do an example. I know from the comments on Corbett Report that a lot of uh, Corbett Reporteers, for whatever reason, live in Texas. So let's take a look at Dallas and we'll just zoom in. And you can see all of these various things that are available around in your local area from local producers that will list them for sale. So for example, if you're interested in something specific, you click on it. Oh, look, there's mint, there's cucumbers, there's sweet peppers, and the price here is listed. Uh, oh, tomatoes, $2.50 a pound, and you can read more to find more information about that particular product. Oh, I have multiple varieties of tomatoes growing. I have lots of green ones on the plant now. Uh, some are growing in a raised bed and some in containers, blah, blah, blah. Now this uh, information looks extremely out of date. So obviously uh, take that into account. Uh, this could be information that's several years old, but at any rate, it gives you a sense of what is in your area. And obviously near the city, there's going to be a lot of people who are selling things. But I have noticed in various small towns and things, there are a lot more places that list things that are just growing that are available for free picking. So that absolutely exists. And you can continue uh, zooming on out um, to the wider and wider area to get more of a sense of what's in your area and even wider area. And you can get more and more of a sense and look for specific items that you might want. Anyway, that's something that exists. And the more people, as usual, the more people who use it, the more handy that it will be um, as a way of finding and sourcing locally available fruit, fruits, produce, um, various products like that. But there are more ideas. Um, again, if we want to go digital with it and, and take on the, uh, use the tools of the of the New World Order Great Resetters to hopefully find some ways out of the digital prison. Well, there's the Digital India's Farmer Bazaar app, which is one example. Obviously, I'm assuming there aren't a lot of Corporate Report members in uh, India, although I know there are a few. But um, here's an example. Um, apparently, this is from Gujarat. Farmer Bazaar is one of Gujarat's fastest growing marketplace that allows users to buy, sell, and rent agriculture products providing live market uh, rates to the farmers. And so there's a lot of things you can do with this app. You can obviously post things that you have um, uh, that uh, you want to buy, things that you have that you can sell. Um, you can talk, you can list your crop and what you're growing. You can um, post for rent. I thought that was interesting. Submit post for rent your to rent your agricultural tools like tractor, truck and harvester, etc. Obviously huge capital outlays involved in um, sourcing various large-scale farming implements. If you happen to need one for a couple of days, you're not going to go and buy one. So there might be a, a handier way to connect more directly with people rather than going through some dealer or something. You can connect with people in your area who might have one to rent. Um, forums to talk about various things and to contact. So I, I know nothing about this app. I haven't downloaded it. I don't know about its security and privacy and what have you. I'm not vouching for it in any way. It's just to show an example of what is possible. This sort of thing may even exist in your area. And again, I would suggest that you uh, take it upon yourself to search uh, if that is something that would interest you. There are lots of different ways to do this. I especially want to focus or just shine some attention on the Rico Ring idea simply because it is so simple and there's no commitment, no, no sign up, no membership fees, no hurdles. It's just very simple. Here's what I have. I'll buy this. Here it goes. And you pick it up at the appointed time and place. 
Couldn't be simpler. And there's no rules or regulations. There's no big brother stepping in. It's not a it's not a regulated transaction in some sort of market area. It's just, hey, I'm buying from this person and they're dropping it off here at this time and I'm going to pick it up. So um, that's great. And the farm share ideas, there's so many different ways to do this. And I hope people will explore them. Of course, this is just scraping the surface. There are many other specific examples, things that work, things that don't work. As always, I'm interested in your feedback. That's an important part of Solutions Watch. What works for you? What have you used in the past? What is thriving in your area? What are ways that it could be done better or has been done better? Um, Any specific examples that you have from your experience are obviously appreciated for other people who are either seeking to find this in their area or are going to go out there, roll up their sleeves and create something new in their area that needs creating because this is the time. This is the window of opportunity before the manufactured droughts and uh, shortages and supply chain crunch really starts to hit before food inflation goes through the roof and before they start begging us to eat bugs and drink rainwater. Um, like the peasants that they want to treat us as, before it gets to that point, we should be actively working to foster our local economy in this regard. And so here are some resources. As always, the links will be in the show notes, but um, I'm very much looking forward to hearing your feedback about what's working in your own local areas so that other people can get and spread ideas. That's what Solutions Watch is about. And that's going to do it for this week. I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and I'm going to be talking to you again in the very near future.